Hi everyone, this is Chris McGoogs, a.k.a. Chris McGoogs McGowan, a.k.a. Chris McGowan, a.k.a. CJ. And before we get started, I wanted to share two things because this episode deals with a storm. When I was really young, I was scared to death of tornadoes. Anytime there was a severe thunderstorm warning or tornado warning, I would be out of my mind. This was when I was in Chicago as a young lad. It was very scary and I was very much aware of it. But two, for some reason... Those like sound sleep things, thunderstorms, especially rain on a rooftop, puts me right to sleep. I'm out like a light. Just a couple things to, to ease us into today's episode. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. So he can help you figure out who's a... Hello, all you uh, liars out there. This is episode nine. Uh, we're going to be talking about the perfect storm. So three of the liars are doing SAT prep. And at first, I didn't realize how important that was. That is just Spencer, Aria, and Hannah. Spencer asks if people think she's scary. And Hannah and Aria don't do too much to uh, relieve her of her fear. So there you go. We get a little mention of uh, Noel Kahn. Uh, I wrote down that his father owns half of Rhode Island, so he's very well off. Alex was out of town at a tournament. Interesting. Things are good with Alex, with Spencer, which which is nice. I just hope that doesn't mean he's A. That would be terrible. Something about a Miss, Mrs. Hastings. Who is Mrs. Hastings? So Spencer's mom uh, walks in. She hasn't been too much on this show, has she? She's been in two episodes so far. Yeah, I mean, I understand how guest stars work. It's just interesting how, you know, a big person in the character's life you know, they just they're just gone for episodes and then they show up like they've always been there but anyway she kind of walks in and apparently she uh, alex uh, sorry spencer has not told her mother about alex so there's a little bit of like everyone shut up played for laughs although as we'll see not all laughter then we see emily coming into her room covered in mud like soaking wet and then she puts something underneath her bed i don't know if everyone noticed that i think when i first watched this episode I assumed it was her shoes, but they make such a point of her shoes being dirty. I don't think it's I don't think it's her shoes that go under her bed. I think there's a, another item, and I don't know if it's the uh, bowl, the figurines from the bowl that go in there, or something else entirely. It's it's done very quickly, but I think there's something there that we may find out more about in the future. I don't know. We get a text from A, so apparently A saw the whole thing. There's only so much you can burn, Emily, which is not what we saw. It's a weird, that was a weird text from A. That was a double dash A, just for the record. We jump to, I guess, the next day. Uh, the SAT may not happen because of a big storm. Again, this show is very good about setting up the next few episodes. So I don't know if you recall, they were speaking about some rain and, and some storms uh, an episode two ago. Like this was going to be an issue is the rainstorms. And here we are dealing with it now. And they do this again later on in this episode. So it's a little pattern. So... Comments that seem offhand or just filler are usually setting up for a future event. It's good. Maybe a lot of shows do it. I just didn't notice it. It's not something I notice because this is a very serialized show. So on one hand, nowadays it seems very normal, you know, with our Netflix and everything. But at, at the time, 10 years ago, it just seems really clever to say, hey, there's a storm coming. And then actually an episode later, we deal with the storm. It sounds minor, but um, it adds a continuity and a realness, but also means... Usually everything someone is saying on screen is intentional. There's a lot of intention there uh, from our writers. 
Then we have this weird awkwardness with Spencer's mother and Alex. There's some sort of familiarity there. And Alex even says, good to see you again or meet you again. Sorry, Alex. That is what we call a lie. So Alex lies. Now, granted, it's for a good reason. Uh, As we find out later, he says, you know, your mother should tell you. But still, as someone said earlier in the show, everybody lies. I believe he was a police officer. (sighs) Of course, of course, the creepy detective is here. Is there any door he can't get into? So... He reveals to the liars that the memorial was vandalized. Creepy detective confronts Emily uh, at her locker, and he thinks he thinks she's covering for him in some way. He thinks either she knows where he is. Uh, he, he tells her Toby's was last seen at a gas station on the interstate, but you you probably already know that. So yeah, I don't know. We cut to the library, which I guess is where they're holding people for the SAT, or they're taking it there. I'm not quite sure. Creepy detective walks in again and lies again. So the cop is like, uh, sorry, and the creepy detective says, we're all of you. And she says, I was with my my friends here, and they know this is not true. Arya's mom shows up to Proctor, and I guess she's now going to be teaching. I don't know if it's like a substitute teaching thing or semi-permanent, but... Mom's going to be around at school more often, so that's going to be interesting. Arya is currently avoiding dinners uh, with her mother, and this scene in particular, I wasn't sure. I don't know if there's a right or wrong here. Arya says, if I go over there, it's as if I'm saying this is okay, and I'm not okay with it. But at the same time, of course, the mother tries to tell her this has nothing to do with you, with you know, with you and your father and, and our relationship, but it's still hard, so... I don't know if you can say one is being unreasonable or not. I mean, it just it just takes time, and thankfully, we get there later. As always, I'm getting ahead of myself. But so we get um, a classic shorthand for "I'm in money trouble" as uh, Hannah's mother tears up a check. And I think I finally heard the name of Arya's dad. Is it Wyatt? Is it Wyatt? I'm I'm gonna go with Wyatt for now. I should have turned on closed captioning and tried to catch it, but I was too slow. Uh, his power is out. He needs to fax something. Can he run over there and do it? Something about making toast too, which is like, dude, okay. Uh, I mean, she didn't mind, but I mean, you're you're pushing the favors here a little bit. I don't know. I mean, she's nice still. I mean, do your fax and like go home. Don't be weird about it. But again, she said, yeah, come over, bring uh, bring bring butter and jam, you know, because she literally does not have anything in her refrigerator. There looks like there's some liquids. And that's about it. Back at school, the test is bumped to 10 a.m. We get a little beat of Lucas still selling. Take note that he is texting. Mona is very mean to him again. She still, Hannah still lets Mona kick him out of the seat. Uh, but Hannah does kind of say like, you know, why do you have to be so mean? So we literally just see Lucas on his phone. We assume he's telling the truth when he's saying he's selling stuff on eBay. Again, the show is, is starting to mess with people like me, and I know they're doing it. I know, you're, I know the show is doing this to me. But then Emily gets a text right after that, something about check out the great expectations. So much like the show is trying to tell me Jenna was A and then Toby was A, now very slyly they're trying to show me that, hey, Lucas was texting and then all of a sudden Emily got a text. If that is true, Lucas is really poorly doing A because he's doing it right in front of everybody, which I guess if you're clever... That's something one would do. I just don't think he has that. I don't think he's capable of it personally, but um, it was definitely something worth noting. So he's still in the mix. Creepy Detective asks about the memorial. So this is where he actually asks them, you were all together. Emily says, yes, uh, all of us. Uh, Arya says, or sorry, it's Spencer who says, like, what's going on? Emily leaves and lies again uh, because she doesn't have to go to the bathroom. She didn't tell them about the text nor about the book. So she goes 
looking for it. She finds a letter inside. It's a letter addressed... Um, I actually wrote this down because it took me a few times to go through it. It's August 28, 2009. Now, I granted the uh, creepy detective says this later on. Anyway, I don't know if this is where she reads the letter, but I'd actually, <laughs> I actually wrote down the letter, and I don't want to read it all to you, although part of me thinks that I should. But basically, this letter was sent because the postmark is when it gets to the post office, right? So the letter was sent on the 28th of August. Allison's gone on the 1st. August is a 31-day month. Clearly, Allison lives very close by, so you would assume the letter is postmarked on the 28th. It either arrived on Saturday the 29th or Monday the 31st in time for Allison to actually read it. I'm assuming that she did, although we don't know that necessarily. But if she did, the party that night in the barn, you don't see any sort of tension. You know what I mean? So, so like this letter that uh, Emily sends is pretty pretty vulnerable and pretty um she's hurt and she kind of wants to get some answers as to what's going on between her and allison i'm going to kind of express her upsetness upsetness her level of uh upset i don't know just an interesting timeline i i know i know what creepy detective thinks he's doing is is setting up motive for emily like some sort of scorned lover you know something like that of course you and i don't believe that for even a moment but whoever you know, whatever the larger thing going on here is, the timeline there has something to do with it. And then another text comes to Spencer, define desertion. You're about to lose one of your friend, Emily, or something along those lines, right? So I wrote in my notes, now A makes a spelling joke. Now, you one could say A knows or taking the SAT and that anyone taking the SAT would assume it's just a general SAT joke. However, we were specifically shown a little back and forth about this spelling thing. And the only people in the room, Aria, Hannah, and Spencer. Maybe Melissa was eavesdropping, of course, it's possible. But I am beginning to think A has some sort of surveillance on all of the liars. The timing is too specific. Uh, the jokes are too specific. The insults, the insight. Unless it's someone who is invisible around them at all times, they must... A must have bugged their homes, which is taking this to a creepier level than even I thought uh, the show would go, but here we are. I don't know. I mean, again, it could be coincidence. Maybe A's just taking a stab, or, you know, or if it's Lucas, I mean, I guess, no, he wouldn't have heard that. He would not have known that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's very interesting. I don't know. I don't even know how that would even be possible, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it makes my Quantico theory not seem <laughs> not seem so wild, because only they would have the manpower, capability, technology to, like monitor four different houses at all times but then to have someone like creepily text uh, suspects uh, it doesn't seem to be very legitimate yeah so alex is taking the test at the school which is you know hey i'm gonna i'm gonna let it go i'm gonna take the leap of uh, believability there one could say this is a way just for the writers to have alex in this episode right and just kind of like yeah he's taking the test at the school you know make it easy or if you're conspiracy minded a needs to be close to their prey Maybe Alex wanted to be there to do some A stuff. I don't know. Spencer asks him about the weirdness with her mother and him, and he's like, you know what, I don't want to talk about it. And he walks away. Kind of weird. I can't talk about this. We see Lucas laughing, which is weird. And then Hannah tells Mono, oh, that's the bag. That's actually my bag you bought, etc., etc." Mona kind of plays it off. And then she says, what are you, poor now to Hannah? And I don't think Hannah really response to that and basically she says well my birthday is coming up and i'm registered at Saks." so yikes 
Aria walks up to the uh, teacher to ask about what's going on with the test. She sees a picture of Fitz and kind of has a little moment there. Ugh. Ari just kind of wants to leave, or I don't know what she wants to do, but the teacher's like, no, you got to stay here. There's a tornado watch, or warning, I forget which of the, which of the two. Then uh, our friend Noel, Noel, Noel Khan, stands up and close talks about going to a game. Now again, Noel was sitting close to the table with the four liars. We know Noel was at the memorial. So Noel, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little suspicious of Noel. We'll follow him this episode. Keep an eye on, keep an eye on where Noel goes. Noel goes. Noel goes. There we go. Third take. So we get Wyatt. I'm <laughs> not confident that's his first name. Uh, but Wyatt's trying to do a fax to Mike's uh, lacrosse coach. Wyatt's kind of drowning in the responsibilities that his wife would have normally handled in the family dynamic. So he's kind of freaking out. But uh, Hannah's mom is just kind of laughing it off. Uh, she's okay with it all. And she's very empathetic. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess they're divorced officially, her her next husband, since he's engaged. I'm, I'm assuming they've fa- finalized that paperwork. So she understands all this. If anybody in the show would understand where he's coming from, it would be her. We go into a little room in the school and Noel plays a song. Here's a suspicion number two, a song that Arya's parents always sing. Quite a coincidence there, Noel. Quite a coincidence. So they start singing. I remember feeling it really strange in the moment. If this were just like a normal teen show, this would just be like a corny, like, oh, he's trying to woo her through song. Because I see A around every corner, I'm stuck on Noel knowing this particular song that Arya would know. Strange. Strange to me. Emily, I think she sees Allison in the book stacks. Uh, Then we get a flashback. The main point of the flashback is that uh, Emily and Allison actually kiss. That's the headline here. But I noticed Emily's dream. She says she had a dream that Jenna came out looking fine. You know, that everything was okay and, and uh, like everything was okay with Jenna and all of them. And Alice says, this is this is why I love you, which is, oof. Ugh, it, it hurts even more because you know what's coming. Yes, and here's the actual letter. I did have it out of order. I wrote down the entire letter, and it's, it's exactly what you think if you didn't do that, which, uh, you know, probably a normal person would not. It's exactly what you think it would be. She developed feelings. And, you know, having having the moment in the library, Emily felt certain things or thought something was happening. And then as we'll see in a future flashback, Allison just really cruelly rejects her. And it hurt. And, and she wants her to know that. And I, actually, I want to correct myself in, in the moment here. It was actually postmarked August 29th, 2009. Because I, I slowed down the actual envelope. Uh, so if that's the case... So, she might have gotten it on Monday the 31st or Tuesday the 1st. I don't know. So, Noel and Arya sing the entire song, apparently. And the, the chorus, or the refrain there. Who knows where the time goes. Almost smooch, and guess who shows up in the doorway. Uh, sogging wet. Haircut fits. And he trying to covers it. They want everybody in the library. And like the Count from Sesame Street, there's thunder and lightning when he says that line. Noel grabs his bag filled with A paraphernalia and he leaves. Now notice when he leaves. He leaves right here. Fitz says go to the library. Go to the library. Fitz says, Fitz kind of stumbles his words here. He said he has family issues. No, my issues in New York. Um, He was trying to get a job. Apparently didn't work out. The haircut comes up again. Boy, I had no idea haircuts. Uh, You know, mock me if you want audience. I, I will gladly take the blame. I had no idea a haircut was so significant. They're still talking about the haircut. It's been, I don't know how long. You know, you got the haircut for me. 
Uh, so we go to uh, Wyatt and Ashley, right? Ashley, Hannah's mom, Ari's dad. They're drinking the white wine. He wants to put some ice in there. And then he says to her, do you know why Ella left? And she nods. And he says, does everybody know? And she's like, yeah. and she nods again. But she doesn't take sides. And which is interesting because I don't know if we know exactly why her and her husband separated. That's not really been discussed as far as I recall. Fun story, kind of dishing on Transformers 2. And he uh, kind of sort of asks her out in a weird way, I think. He does it kind of accidentally. And then they're like, yeah, let's do this. Mona insults Lucas again. Something about uh, looking for his penis, I guess. And Hannah tells her, she gives her another Wizard of Oz joke. And it really upsets Mona. Like, now they're enemies. We get another, we get the second flashback. Emily and Allison in the locker room. I'm not quite sure what the term of this is. Knowing Allison, she has to know what she's doing when she's doing this. I, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't. And maybe I'm being unfair to her. When Emily kisses her, Allison's really mean about it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Doesn't mean I'm into you. I like boys. Kind of how dare you. And Emily is humiliated. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about her. And she she wants to leave. And she and Allison's like, you're my ride. Don't go. I don't know. I mean, it's complicated, right? There could be something going on with Allison and, and her identity and her own feelings, right? It could be very, I don't want to say the word innocent, but it could be very inner. And it, you know, unfortunately, it does hurt Emily in the process. Allison is very particular. She's very specific. And I don't know why. And I don't know the reasons why she does this to people. Is it is it power? I don't I don't know. But Emily could not feel worse in that moment. So seeing that scene, you're like, of course she wrote that kind of letter. This is someone who's supposed to be her friend and someone who we later find out she had very strong feelings for. And then to be not only told I'm not interested, but to but do it in such a way as to make her feel stupid and less than. It, it's pretty... It's pretty brutal. So then the power goes out and then books start falling on Emily. And I can't tell if I'm supposed to be worried about her in this moment or it's just like she's running and knocking books off the shelves. I guess it's either it's either way, right? I didn't think anyone else was in the library with her, but I don't know. The show makes me, the show I think is trying to make me think that. But her bag's missing, letter's missing, and I think she goes off running. I think she leaves at that point. We see Ella, Arya's mom, beating Fitz. Little boy, talking about Arya. There's some jokes in here. What's what's brutal is I hope like I told you the show loves foreshadowing. Right now she's very appreciative of Mr. Fitz and being in Arya's life. I think she will gut him from the inside out if she finds out he's been kissing her daughter. I can't imagine uh, a more easy to call crime if when mom finds this out. So and then it's going to make the scene even more brutal because she feels like he's a trusted adult figure. He says nice things about Arya, and you can see all the pain on uh, Ella's face. She's lost trust in her husband, ex-husband, and she knows it's killing her family. She, she knows it's killing Arya and Mike. Of course she does. And she's trying to hold it all together, and, and, and she's so appreciative that there's someone that she can talk to because, you know, Arya's locked her out. Whew, boy. Boy, oh boy. What a... <laughs> I mean, talk about turning the screws on Fitz here. Boy, oh boy. So then we go to the gym or the uh, locker room because I guess there's a tornado warning, right? So you have to get away from windows. And I wrote in all caps, where was Noel? He comes strolling in. Where the hell was Noel? Arya beat him back to the locker room. Where was he? What was he, what was he doing? That's now three things in one episode that, that's very suspicious about Noel. Hannah, again, 
I'm a big fan of Hannah, as you know. She will assume she knows what's going on and then like take it two steps further. So she says to Emily, you know, if you're hooking if you're hooking up with Maya, it's totally cool. You can tell everybody. And Emily's like, no, A, that was not what was happening, and B, let's just not talk about it. Uh boy. You know, again, Hannah's trying to be a supportive, right? She's trying to create a safe space for Emily to to share what's going on with her. But boy, could not be a bigger miss. Creepy detective. So he, creepy detective, comes in the locker room because, of course, he pulls Emily out back to the library. He has her bag. Strange. I don't know if he just found it or was he the one. I don't know. That's that's up, the, up in the air. He has her bag. He knows in her bag is the figurines from the bowl. He pulls that out. And he also has the letter. So, so at least it's not all gone, but he has seen and read everything. He mentions, uh, again, three days before she disappears when the letter got to Allison. As we just discussed, it's a little bit of a tighter time frame, but sure. And so Creepy Detective is about to have his Columbo moment here, and he is trying to get her riled up because he says she wanted to punish Allison. And Emily says she regrets that letter. She wanted to say she was sorry, so that's why she went to the memorial to say I'm sorry to the, to the skies. And she says, I loved her more than a friend. And the, well, even Hannah didn't know that. So they all, they kind of get it. Spencer's mom <laughs> bursts into the room. She shuts it all down. I didn't know she was a district attorney or defense attorney. I don't know what her job is, but she is some sort of lawyer. They basically get everything back. She says he's done. He's off the case. Is this the last we're going to see of Creepy Detective? I'll be very upset because he's A. Ruins a whole, the whole Chronicle theory is forever gone. And I think it's Arya that says, I wish I'd known, right? Uh, I have that in my notes. I forget who has said that to uh, to Emily. The SAT is rescheduled. Everyone applauds, which is really funny. Spencer thanks her mom for doing that work. Mom said that was pro bono. And then Spencer says, Mom, just tell me what's going on with you and Alex. So she, t- she takes her to a classroom. Thank you, art director. Um, we have another chalkboard here. Trying to piece something out of there. I got National Assembly tensions rise. I don't know. It's kind of this is kind of a weak one on my on my part here. But she basically tells her, you know, she got drunk at the club. She told Alex all this information about what's going on with her. She swore him to secrecy, and to his credit, he didn't even he did not even tell Spencer. Impressive. But she reveals she had a lump removed from her breast, and not even her husband knows. And this theme of perfection in the family comes up again. That you know, no one knew except <laughs> except Alex up until this point. And uh, Spencer is a little that's that's hard to hear. I mean, I think she's glad she knows now, but yeah, it's really. It's hard to hear that her mom had to kind of do that on her own. Lights come back on. Wyatt's fax goes through. And it's as if the dreamlike fantasy world they were in with the lights off, much like the bar at 1.50 a.m., uh, reality hits. And Wyatt's the first to kind of back out of their dinner date. And Hannah's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm busy too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not quite sure if she really backs out or if she's doing what she did when her ex-husband was kind of weird about the dinner date with Hannah, her and, and the dad, uh, Hannah's mom's like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, I, I don't want to, I can't go either. So, and they say, we'll do something definitely in the future. It's a little soon for, I mean, Arya's parents aren't divorced yet anyway. So it's not like he's trying to go on a date, but that was, that's interesting, right? That's interesting that he, I don't know what that means. I do like them together, but I also think, you know, Arya really wants the family unit to stay together. So, I'm kind of rooting for that to work out somehow. Arya agrees to go out with Noel, a.k.a. A, and she agrees to have dinner with her mother. 
I don't know why she does that, to be honest. It must have been maybe singing that song, maybe her conversation with Mr. Fitz. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what's the turn for her, but she, I guess she decides she's been holding on to things. How about that? If I'm going to, if I'm going to be her therapist, you know, she's been holding on to certain things and maybe this is her saying, you know, let me, let me look at the new and let me open myself to what may be out there. Maybe there's a connection I can have with my mother in this new reality. And maybe Noel is not a, uh, Alex and Spencer are okay. Still my number one couple to make it. I hope they don't break my heart here. And Emily, I'm not quite sure, you know, she kind of went through so much. She had such a, an emotional roller coaster these last 24 hours. And you see her kind of looking out the window. The sun is out. And I feel like for her, maybe a little bit of less of a burden. You know, I think she has a lot of guilt, which she shouldn't, but she does. And maybe in this terrible way that some of this information came out that she couldn't do herself and she didn't want to, which is not fair. But at the same time, now that it's out, maybe she feels a little, a little more peace. Uh, that's that's the symbolism I got from the imagery. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but she seemed to be a little, little more content. Lucas sells another bag, thanks her, and she says, "You don't have to." Th-. Hannah says, "You don't have to thank me." Sorry, I should say that Lucas was talking to, to Hannah. Uh, Lucas sells another bag, and Hannah thanks him, and he says, "You don't have to thank me." She walks away and he says, yeah, I do. We pan down and see that his shoes are covered in mud. Now, granted, I'm starting to understand what they're doing here. Now, let's get to the final shot and then we'll wrap this up. Someone, anonymous, sends the uh, Rosewood PD a video of Allison talking to somebody, it looks like, to camera. I don't know. I've said this before. The show is very clever. There are three steps ahead of, of me, of the audience. So every time we see anything that's mysterious or unusual... We, the audience, blump it all together into this big pot of A, correct? They're even, they're even teasing us with anonymous here. And it's possible that we have multiple people doing multiple things all at the same time so that the show is not showing us their face. Therefore, we assume it's A, but really it's individuals. For instance, the picture person with Emily Amaya, I think that's Ben. The person that destroyed the memorial, that was Lucas. Because Lucas has a lot of anger towards Allison. And he says he's sorry because he knows that they put a lot of work into that. So Anonymous, I think, also has nothing to do with A. So I think, I think what we're seeing here is we're being distracted by abusive or unkind or illegal or destructive things. But they're not necessarily all A. And I don't know when the show is going to start tipping their hand as to that's what's going on here. Um, I'm assuming once they do it the first time, we'll, the dam breaks and we, we'll figure it out. But I got to say, if, I'm, if we're going to update our theories, I don't know why and I don't know how, but Noel Khan has been really aggressive and this is like a clue mystery. He was gone for a lot of, a good chunk of the time during the storm. Playing the song that his parents know, that Arya's parents know, is a little specific. The fact that he was at the memorial and also sitting close to their table at this, uh, you know, the SAT. He's like, he's around, he's around Sean a lot. So he has a lot of access to, uh, he's access to Ben, I think. I think they're friends. I think he was at the party. If I remember correctly, he and Sean are the ones playing foosball. It's not just Ben the whole time. So I'm going to say Noel... I, don't want, I guess I'll put Mona in there because I've had her for so long. Noel and Mona, but mainly Noel. Now, why Noel? Uh, I don't know. 
again, uh, there's a big piece of information that we don't have because, again, this level, I mean, to to find this letter that Emily sent Allison, first of all, to get to the library, put it in a book that you know has a special meaning to the two of them, to send a text, to leave it for the police officer, etc. Like, oh, there's this is a lot of work, a lot of lying, a lot of running around. There has to be something of equal weight to make you do all this. So until we find that out, it's, it's tough to give you motive, but I'm trying here. So in conclusion, usually I try to do these as jokes, but I'm going to be a little sincere on this, uh, on this one. This is a theme of the show, but it comes out here in almost every uh, story line. Being honest is hard, very hard sometimes, because sometimes that truth is going to be hurtful, and the person that will receive it may not want to hear it. But in every story that uh, in this episode, holding on to the truth and not being confronting it ends up causing more harm. The person not only gets the information that was going to make them upset, but then they have to deal with the fact that they didn't know for so long. So in honor of the perfect storm, if there's something that you've been putting off telling somebody because you're afraid it might upset them, you should probably do it because A is going to hold it over your head for some reason, and we don't want that. Okay. I think I've said enough. Mm-hmm.